The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host and good friend, Roger. And uh, we're here to wish you a happy pandemiversary. One year later, one year into this uh, pandemic. And uh, today we just want to spend a little bit of time thinking about maybe some of the things that we've learned uh, every few months during this pandemic. We've tried to come back to this and, and uh, reconnect on this particular issue. And so we thought this would be a good opportunity for that. Uh, Roger, uh, just thinking back, do you even remember what it was like not to be under this lockdown and, and in the pandemic? Um, and what do you miss most? I think it's sad that we kind of got used to a lot of things <laughs> like wearing a mask is just automatic. And we feel if we don't have it, like we forgot a piece of clothing, then we're, <laughs> you know, I've done that at work where I actually walked downstairs and forgot my mask and I had anxiety for a minute. I'm like, Oh no, I need to go find my mask. I can't be. Every... <laughs> it's like, we, we felt that way about phones, right? Yes. Before. For those of us that grew up without phones. Now we feel that way about phones. Now we're feeling that way about masks. It's insane. <laughs> But yeah. at the same time, that's what I miss is uh, I miss seeing people's faces normally without always having to put on a mask, whether it's at church, at the grocery store, um, just around friends, that being free to see people's faces again, body language, and how we uh, affect one another, even by our expressions uh, yeah. on our face. So how about, how about you? Yeah, well before I go to the kind of the one thing that I wish we had back, uh, I will say in terms of the masks, it is, it is really strange preaching to and teaching Bible study <laughs> to people with masks on. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough when they're falling asleep normally, but uh, with masks, you have no idea what they're thinking. Uh, you just, it's, it's pretty strange. Um, but for me, I just, I just would really like my kids to go back to school. Mm. Is that, is that okay? Because, mm. I just feel kind of trapped at at yeah. home and, um, during the day. So I really would like to, uh, since I work out of the, the house, it is nice uh, that I, I can take care of the kids right now, but I really would like to be able to go make visits, meet with people, you know, go grab a coffee and not just have to make it at home, which I do like my coffee at home too. But yeah, yeah just, there's a little bit of, I feel a little trapped. Um, it'd be good to, to get that, back to normal if possible. But, you know, uh, it's one of the things that I know we're going to get to even today on this episode that, you yeah. know, what does normal even mean? And, and should we be longing for something that's not the situation we're in? Uh, maybe contentment plays a, a part in this discussion that we've kind of, I was preaching a short series on it a few weeks back. So lots to think about, but let, let's start this way. Uh, Raj, what, um, give us some observations that you've made for this last 12 months or so that we've been dealing with this pandemic? Yeah, I think the primary one, and, you know, I think we all fall into it, is that all of a sudden everybody becomes an expert on everything. 
we all of a sudden understand how a virus works. We all understand how to respond to it and what's the correct way to respond. We know everything and anything about vaccinations. And it just seems like everybody has all of the answers all of a sudden. And that those who are speaking who have actually been trained and have experience are criticized for what they say because everybody just knows everything. It's a weird, it, it, it's just brought out something I hadn't seen before on this level because it's affected yeah. everybody. Yeah. Right. You know, the phrase armchair theologian, mm-hmm. right? Yes. The, the, the amateur uh, theologian sits at home and, you know, has read a couple of books and then all of a sudden they're criticizing everything that comes out of the pastor's mouth. And, you know, they know better than, you know, or we can, I don't know, today we can call them the Google theologian because mm. they've, they've Googled it. So they must know it. And that's, that's true about this pandemic. Uh, it's true about, I mean, it's easy to fall into that trap because, we are some of us at least i think are reading a lot of stuff mm-hmm. but you know um that doesn't make us uh experts um why why do you think why do you think what do you think it it is in our humanity that that causes us to fall into this trap is there something there in our anthropology that leads us down this path i think the heart when you look at our bent toward self and we think of wanting, uh, you know, it's a promotion itself, but it's also wanting something. Uh, those desires that are stirring up in our heart cause yeah. us to do that. But I think it's that that self-promotion, that, that desire to know and to possess, that, that kind of wanting to be autonomous and not have anybody else tell you what to do. Because this isn't just information about something. The information means that something's going to occur because of this, now you're going to have to follow these rules and that rebellion of no, who, who are you to tell me what I can do now? Yeah. Therefore, I'm going to become the expert and tell you. And so there's this, this battling of desires in the heart and of uh, rebelling control. against us. Yeah, control. Of, uh, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you, you often talk about control and, and I think that's a big part of this. And so all those, all those <laughs> you know, uh, characteristics of fallen man are coming out, you know, uh, like you said, rebellion, pride, control, all these things. Um, it, it's interesting because there's something missing though, the very opposite of those things, right? Humility. Oh yeah. There, there is none. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was thinking that the place I see it most often is on social media. People will post things with just such self-confidence i would say arrogance no sense of the other you know the other person the the Mm -hmm. the fact that the other person is that they're that's going to be reading this is is made in the image of god as a precious image bearer and maybe offended not that offense is the the end all but you know content should offend i don't have to the way i say it doesn't need to be offensive so it's a fascinating time that we're living in um what other observations have you made this year? Yeah, I think along with that and in, in how we're relating to people or relating to each other is we don't know how to disagree anymore. You know, we, we how talk dare with, you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Remember when we talked about Caleb uh, or talked with Caleb uh, a few months ago on the podcast and yeah. and we were talking about that. Yeah. But but isn't that 
it just what's been going on is people don't know how to disagree anymore. If if you don't agree on something, the person is your enemy that you need to vilify and then you need to destroy. Yeah. We see it from the top, from our our supposed leaders down to the church level. And that's where it becomes the saddest is that in the church, because there's a lack of humility, we can no longer disagree. Um, on I think it has... I think it has to do with what we think we're giving up if we um, if we have some humility there and in a conversation, if we have some grace or humility that says, you know what, I can be wrong about this. Mm-hmm. I think we're terrified that if we say we could be wrong about this, then what else are we giving up? Then the, are we giving up our rights? Are we giving mm-hmm. up certain privileges? Are we giving, what goes along with that? Because, and I think part of it is, because on the other hand, people have taken advantage of, uh, you know, their power now, or, you know, uh, I, I do think, you know, we were talking about it off the air, the, the conspiracy theorists, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. that some more now, but I, I think we have, the, we're at this juncture where you've got the, the best of both worlds, or maybe the worst of both worlds, <laughs> we can say, right. You've got this woke culture, new morality, mm-hmm on one side and then you've got these christian conspiracy theorists on the other side and there is no common ground no conversation can take place no reasoning no uh, you know no discussion no rational conversations uh, can take place it's it's crazy uh, that's a technical term theological crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What, what's your take on on some of these conspiracy theories out there? I, I'm amazed at the things we believe, and, and that people hold on to. And people, you know, will say, "Hey, watch this video and tell me what you think," or read this article and tell me what you think. And my thought is, okay, we live in a world that there is so much information traveling so fast and accessible to so many people that you can't just trust what somebody says just because you read it somewhere. I mean, just even if even those who have credentials, you just wonder what's going on. Why, why are somebody promoting a viewpoint but i just seen some of the strangest things come out that 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 people believe or people have sent me to view and i'm and i just wonder is it discernment that we don't have as much discernment before like you know i mean i i don't deny that there isn't some truth in things right but i'm not just sold out to say yes okay i'm i'm yeah, I agree 100% this whole entire world is just a complete lie and that we're, we have uncovered the truth about this world. Yes, this world is run by Satan, but if we, I challenge a brother on this, I said, if you really live by this and really believe all of this, how does it help you in your walk with the Lord? Mm. Joyful now? Are you content? Are you, do you have hope? Yeah. Good, like what's the result good, good of questions. all of it? Yeah, really. Yeah. What, what is, what does it end up doing to us? Does it draw us nearer to the Lord? Does it draw us away? Does it cause fear, anxiety? What's it doing? Um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, when you think about this, this, these conspiracy theories out there and the fact that so many Christians fall into them or believe them, 
you know, it makes you wonder, uh, but I feel like we're falling into the trap that the enemy is, mm-hmm. wants to set up for us to fall into because he is the father of lies mm-hmm. and he just, he doesn't want us to have any groundedness, any firm truth. And that's what's happened to society. There is no truth. What truth? I don't want to be like Pilate, you know, what is truth? <laughs> but, but that's, that's yeah. where we are. You don't know who you can trust. You have experts on every side. Um, it, it's challenging out there. And I, I'm not, I don't want to make this about epistemology or anything, but it's hard to know. And I think that's why people mm-hmm. fall into these conspiracy theories, especially when there's these little, at least these elements of truth in them, right? There, mm-hmm. there's, there'll be one factual statement uh, along with many guesses, let's say, or opinions, yeah. but that factual statement could be factual, you know, certain mm-hmm. statistics and things. So, um, yeah. What's been your favorite conspiracy theory, if you have one so far? <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite one. I'm just fascinated by the ones that have come out uh, recently. Um, I think some of the political ones uh, fascinate me and some of the predictions and prophecies of what's going to happen and the dating, like on this date, we know this is going to happen and this is predicted and, and you'll see the date will pass. And then, people still believe and hold on to it, even though it didn't come true. It kind of reminds me of the Jehovah Witnesses in mm-hmm. back in the early nine, uh, 1900s, there were predictions over what was going to happen when Jesus was going to return. I mean, Jesus yeah. returned so many times in the 1900s, um, you know, and they missed the dating. That's what they kept predicting. And what they did is they said, oh, we were a little bit off a new date, a new date. And people kept believing and believing because their hope was not based on factual information. There's just something weird in the human heart that you will believe something even if everything is contrary to that because you want to believe it. There's that power of belief, right? I mean, we're not saying we don't have, we, we place our faith in Christ. We we ground our hope in scripture and and we're not, we we hold that strongly. So that's, that's a good thing for our human nature. Yeah. Well, and, and you're, you're basically touching on the fact that look, our, our minds and our hearts and our wills, these are all connected. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's fascinating. You will believe what you want to believe, which is why the Lord has to change our hearts for us mm-hmm. to believe in him because, you know, our minds are futile. Our hearts are futile. Our wills are, are broken uh, with the fall. Um, but it's interesting, you know, there, we, we don't want, or society doesn't want to believe in God. They claim that yeah. we have this blind faith, et cetera. Yet imagine the things that they're believing in mm-hmm. right now, uh, totally different episode but i was just i was thinking because someone recently brought up to me the multiverse and it just made me laugh because that you know people propose this multiverse without any evidence just because it does away with the need for god in their minds you know they want to believe it in other words so i think we as christians can fall into that same trap with some of these conspiracy theories um you had made a note if it's on youtube it must be true Um, has to be and and I think we should correct that. If it's on YouTube, it's probably false. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more like it. Although all of our sermons are on YouTube, so maybe I shouldn't go that far. But um, 
it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting time we're living in. Um, yeah. yeah. What what other observations about this period of time? Well, here's the funny one I think that came out at the beginning of the pandemic. So, you know, we we look back and and I don't know what some of your fondest memories that you're going to hold on for a lifetime of the pandemic were. But I remember some of my early ones of going to the grocery store and seeing the hoarding that went on. And I remember uh, I took my daughter with me. It was one of the first days of lockdown. And I went there and there was literally nothing on the shelves wow. anywhere. And then, then you'd get home and you'd see people hoarding toilet paper and putting these you know, multiple packages in their carts coming out of stores, waiting in line for toilet paper. And you see this hoarding of toilet paper, water, all these different things. And what I found or what I thought of is it's interesting how we find security in strange things. I mean, we've always had that show hoarders and you just watch and you're like, what is going on in in the heart? Well, there's, there's a comfort, there's a security but I never thought a day would come where we would find security in toilet paper. It's just, it's, it's odd, isn't it? <laughs> well, look, I mean, just think about what it'd be like to be caught without it. Okay. There is a certain security and, and comfort in there, but yeah, you're right. I, I, I think what was the, the odd part for me with that issue, you know, the hoarding of toilet paper was um, based on what, like <laughs> yeah. what, what about the, the the lockdown made us think that toilet paper toilet paper was going to run out or that we were not going to, I mean, I, I would be running. I, and I think we did. We went after food. Give me things that last long, you know, food wise. And I, I don't know. It was just a very interesting mindset. And I think someone said, you know, that some other countries had mentioned that maybe toilet paper was going to be an issue. And so those that have connections to those other parts of the world, maybe, they were the ones that triggered it. And then I think what happens in the human psyche is you see someone else going after it. Yes. And then you go after it. We shape I mean, each other and influence yeah. each other to it. It's kind of that mob mentality or maybe that's a little too strong of a word, but whenever you see like a protest or, or a large gallons, right. We're, we're kind of shaping, you go to a, a football game and you're all cheering for the same team. There's that influence on one another and you kind of, go on with it and and that they was so rapid because that was being covered in the news all the time right everybody was talking about it yep yeah very strange very strange the way the human i mean one of the things that we can say is as we're looking back on this year we are getting to understand uh, our anthropology a little bit better in some ways mm-hmm. our the human heart a little bit better human behavior because we're we're seeing uh, in the time of quote crisis, uh, how how our people react, even brothers and sisters in the sisters in the church, and I want to kind of turn our attention there for for yeah. the next uh, bit of time. Let let's think about what are some observations that we've made within the church and the church family during this pandemic that are of interest and and helpful for us to think about. Anything, yeah. You know, this may be me. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know your your view on this, but it seems that some people have not wanted to connect digital. Like we're connecting over Zoom right now. We're recording yep. this podcast over Zoom. They have felt that 
connecting this way is so subpar to real connection in person Mm -hmm. that they just either check out and don't want to connect or they don't even want to try to find ways to use the technology that we've been given in a time to spend time with one another. We all know we need each other and we need the church. We probably see it more now because of, 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 being separated but i found it interesting that there's two camps there is a yes let's all do everything digital and then there's the no digital doesn't work we need to be in person and if we're not in person we're not really connecting with one another and that's not i don't think fair to you know the medium it's just a medium yeah that that's not what brings us together like when we're connecting it's not because I'm next to you that I connect to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, sure. they, what are we connect? What's the, what's the level of connection? How are we uh, uh, encouraging, sharpening one another? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll push back a little. I think you, you and I agree on this, but I mean, physical presence does matter and oh, it yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is, hey, look, because we can't have physical presence doesn't mean we can't have any kind of presence. Yeah. And so don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But yeah. ideally, and 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 what I think we've experienced in this year is just how important that physical presence and stuff that you discussed earlier on this episode already. You said, hey, look, seeing people's faces, mm-hmm. right? Take the mask off. Let's see your face. See the reaction. Uh, see the smile, see the frown, see the inquisitive look, whatever it is, there is something about our humanity holistically, you know, both um, the body and soul, right? That, that is important for us to connect with as brothers and sisters. I think we've, we've experienced that gathering together does matter. Uh, Right now I'm, I'm struggling with those brothers and sisters that we haven't been able to connect with in person for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. um, and some legitimate, some maybe not as legitimate. I think sometimes people have taken advantage of the fact that they don't, they're, they're not going to be noticed, you know, in the sense that yeah. they're not because we are all scrambling. And so they've kind of disappeared and they like that. And others probably don't like that. And, and we're not finding them. I don't know. It's, it's tough. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. It is true of, of, not being able to connect with some they they haven't come back we don't know we don't know what's going on in their hearts we didn't maybe they're hiding out maybe they're just scared of being back maybe maybe they've got used to it no idea what's going on in the hearts but i also thought there's a benefit we we probably miss uh to that with this way of connecting we're able to connect with people like we heard you know groups in our church that the women were able to connect with women who aren't local, who didn't have fellowship. But think about this. We are a commuter church, except you, you live near the church, but most of us (laughs) don't live near our church because Uh we live in LA and it's just, that's how you do church. You don't want to live in the same city as your church. (laughs) No, but we all, apparently we all come together, but I just think I've been able to have so many more meetings by just, a quick, Hey, let's just get on a zoom call. I'm at work or, you know, in the evening that I'm able to connect without the additional, okay, it's going to take me an hour to get to church back home, adjust schedule. So there are some ways to uh, capitalize on that. That's not the norm, but it allows another way 
um, to meet with people that we didn't think about as much before because we were so used to, hey, we're always going to be around, just come to church. Now it's fellowship. Let's fellowship and let's think of all the different ways we can, Um, like our prayer group, right? I mean, would we want to go or think about this? We're all logging in from work or from home. Yeah. But even in, uh, you know, if we were meeting, could we really pull it off? Sure, we can adjust our schedules, but it's it's much more difficult. Yeah. Have, Ch- have we lost? Yeah. yeah the ch- the chances of that prayer group, those men gathering together in the same place at six thirty in the morning. Yeah. Uh, on on a Tuesday, so this is not going to happen. Uh, the the reality is that wouldn't happen. Um, and so this has been a great tool. And I think people need to see these as resources and, and tools and know that just because they give in and, and use this tool doesn't mean that we're saying this is okay, this is ideal, and we should stay this way. Now, I know, um, yeah. you know some churches have still not met right in person. Um, we've been meeting, thankfully, we're, we're grateful you know, I don't want to condemn any church for not meeting or, you know, that's every group of elders needs to kind of think about their own church, but people in our community have still felt frustrated because we're not able to meet in the, the full openness that we'd like to uh, meet one day, but they, we all have to realize look, this is either, this is temporary as in we're going to come out of the pandemic or it's temporary as in the Lord's going to return. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, so in one way or the other, it's temporary and, yeah. and we have eternity to be together and we need to, we need to be more selfless and yeah. care more about one another uh, than the discomfort or the frustration or the annoyance maybe that we're, we've experienced for the last 12 months. It's been hard. It is not easy. Um, one of the things that, that you've written, uh, Roger, here is, is about the, the biggest problem that we have. And you said it's not the pandemic. So why don't you tell us, what do you think is the, the biggest problem? Yeah, I think the biggest problem is what we're seeing coming out of our hearts. For yeah. believers, it's how we're responding to this pandemic. It's telling us a lot about uh, what's, what's the state of our heart right now. And how we're either growing closer to the Lord or not. For the unbeliever, it's it's not a pandemic that's going to uh, take your life. It's do you have hope after the grave? You're going to die one way or the other, either the pandemic or something later on in your life. And if you have no hope beyond the grave, that is your biggest problem. That if yeah. you know our sin is our biggest problem, but I think we get so distracted as believers that we just think normal, normal, normal. And we've lost sight of the fact that normal isn't, isn't our goal in life. I mean, yes, there's a lot of comforts and I'm not saying let's not return back to some of those things, but let's not waste our time and waste a year because of what's occurred. We always choose how we respond. We can't control the world around us, but we can choose are, what are we going to do with it and how are we going to respond to it? And so not yeah. losing sight of the main thing that, yeah, 
So yeah, and I I really think if we if we because things are opening up now, even even in California, things are opening up, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll see, Lord willing, you know, if there isn't some variant that comes, you know, and all of a sudden the vaccines don't work at all against it. Okay, fine. Yeah. But it seems like we're opening up and kids are going to start going back to school and all these things are taking place. Uh, but it, that terrifies me. And here's what I mean by that. I, I, don't, I don't want the church to go back to what it was. I want us to have grown. Yeah. I want us to have learned. I don't want as an individual to go back to who I was and where my mindset was and how I had even, I know my own heart, how I had found peace and comfort in protections and security Mm. of this world rather than in Christ alone. I don't want to return to, to that, uh, this worldliness, this earthliness that I, I had in me. And I still have, of course, elements of that for sure. But what I, what I don't want is I don't want to lose sight of our citizenship is in heaven. Mm-hmm. that this life is temporary. And so what we do at this time matters for the gospel's sake. And that's where our attention needs to be. You know, I, I, so I hope, you know, I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go, I, I'd love for things to open up and go back to yeah. uh, being able to do certain things, but I want us to be changed, sanctified. I, I believe the spirit's been working in us. Um, but yeah, it, our biggest issue is never the circumstance. It's always our relationship with the Lord and he's been teaching us. So I just hope we're learning. And he's been providing and he's been working and he's been changing lives. We've even yeah. seen it in our church and, yep. and, and doing things. And are we, are we having our eyes open to it? Or are we distracted with our own desires for what we want? Yeah. Well, there's a, obviously a lot we can talk about. Uh, every so often with this <laughs> pandemic. Uh, but I'll say once again to everyone, happy pandemiversary. <laughs> um, I hope that some of the thoughts that we shared with you triggered some further thinking about your own heart, your own life. And, and uh, yes, we are praying to come out of this and, and uh, but not unchanged. And so again, hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, thoughts, things you want to share with us, please feel free to reach out. And if you have topics that you'd like us to discuss uh, or you know, corollary topics that come out of this, uh, don't hesitate to send us an email uh, and God bless. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.